Hello there, everyone, and welcome to Tapcalf Transmissions, the only podcast hosted by myself, Corey, and another Star Wars fan, Mr. Eckhart's Easy Ladder. And today... Easy. You're calling yeah. me Easy. Well, yes. Hmm. Okay. All right. You let a guy do one podcast with you, and suddenly now you're Easy. Okay. Look, you almost you almost ate that spider for 50 bucks last night, so... Dude, I would not have eaten that spider for... 10,000 bucks like for real so I was on, on my walk home last night and there was this gigantic spider literally because it, it was nice enough to put itself next to a brick um, so it was like three inches long I put it on my Twitter um, I wouldn't have eaten that thing for $10,000 for real okay well I believe you so welcome mm. to spider facts the only Star Wars podcast where we're also going to be talking about visions mm-hmm. uh, how are you doing today Justin Pretty good, pretty good. How about yourself, Corey? I, I'm good. Do you feel envisioned? That that would be my E word for the day. Not like, easy. Did somebody envision me doing this yeah, podcast? Yeah, no one could envision Justin being on this podcast. But I feel is. envisioned, yeah. I feel envisioned in that respect, for sure. All right. Yeah. So that's the topic for today. We're going to be talking about all nine episodes of Star Wars Visions. We're probably not going to do like a plot point, plot point by plot point breakdown because uh, I don't think there's not necessary going to be that much to talk about there. Mm-hmm. Uh, instead, we're going to kind of give our impressions of the whole series, talk about which we like the most or which mm-hmm. didn't work as well for us. Uh, any other interesting topics that come out throughout that, like what our favorite Tim Hortons orders are, or other bits mm-hmm. of Canadiana. Ooh, but, uh, yeah. roll the rim started, and I'm just I'm fucking fuming over here because I forgot that they don't actually you don't actually roll up a physical rim anymore. And they're so greasy about it. Um, you have to, got to do it on the app, right? But you can't scan a code after you buy it. You've got to actually order the food or the drink on the app to roll up the rim. So it's garbo. Huh. It's full garbo. That that's interesting. Yeah, it's 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 trash. I, I it, it makes me mad. One of my but, cousins, she's super into roll up the rim, and I think she's gonna be crushed. I think she thinks she's gonna win a lot of money with it, but uh, yeah. I'll have to see how she's doing after this, because that's going to yeah. be bad news for her. Well, they did it like this last year as well, so she 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 will hopefully okay. she's hopefully woke to right. the shenanigans of Tim Hortons. So yeah, tonight is Visions Night. Next mm-hmm. week, uh, are we going to do Young Jedi Knights or are we going to do Tyrant's Test? We can't do Ronin because it technically doesn't come out until October twelfth. Yeah, um, let's do. Let's do Tyrant's Test, maybe. Okay. So, yeah, Tyrant's Test, then we'll finish Jedi Knight, or Young Jedi Knights the week after that. But, first off, going in, what were your overall thoughts of Visions here? Did it meet your expectations? Yeah, so, I I quite liked it. There were a few that I liked, a few that I didn't like. Um, I guess, so I I watched it a a couple weeks ago, and then I rewatched it this week, and there were problems that i had kind of overall with the series that i do think they can improve on next time and i guess that's kind of what i was most thinking about um and obviously so there were nine episodes in total by seven different production companies and so some of them had this problem some of them didn't and i guess some of these episodes felt like they were just regular anime stories with a coat of star wars paint um so like and what I mean by that is some of these stories, you kind of, if you take out the lightsaber or you take out the word Sith, 
it's basically just like nothing substantial changes kind of what i was hoping for was like fun like i wanted these to still be rooted in the star wars universe but to be kind of different takes on the universe whether right. it's completely non-canon whether it's ridiculous um so some of these some of those i like as a comparison i'd say like the elder didn't have that problem ninth jedi didn't have that problem um whereas i feel like like akakiri is probably the one where it was most like this is just barely star wars like you're just you're attaching a star wars name to it um but yeah that was one of my problems the other thing um that i would have liked is for more diversity in stories like it felt like a lot of these were telling kind of a very same similar story which right. makes sense because they're going to kind of the, the samurai roots of star wars um but you know there are lots of roaming samurai stories um and lots of sith jedi stories but i mean like I was kind of saying that I would have really liked to see like a Gundam uh, take on the Star Wars universe or, you know, something like a look at a smuggler in the Star Wars universe or life on Coruscant in the Star Wars right. universe uh, under a completely like the anime gives it a completely different, you know, take on the universe. But, but yeah, still, though, I really liked um, I really, really liked a bunch of them. I, li I really liked the duel. I really liked the village bride, Ninth Jedi, the Elder, Lop and o Ocho. Uh, those were the ones that I quite liked, uh, and then the others were mixed for me. Right, yeah, I definitely agree. I would have liked a bit more variety in this in the kinds of stories we were getting because there was a lot of uh, you find the wandering Jedi, and part of that's because it was made so independently by all the studios, so there wasn't mm -hmm. like a production meeting where they're like, "Oh, I'm going to do this one, you guys do whatever." So yeah, if it's for sure. individual studios kind of doing what resonates with you about Star Wars, or what is your kind of like peak star wars story to yeah. do when you only have one episode then there is it's probably gonna be a lot it's of people saying hey all but i'm gonna Japanese find a jedi yeah. Yeah. yeah it's like the big reveal for a lot of them is like hey look this person has a lightsaber this family heirloom is a lightsaber i think that came up specifically yeah like in that form twice even mm -hmm. uh, but that being said i did think that the specifics of how they were executed in the different styles was usually enough to make it like worth watching all of them. I don't think there's any one of them that's oh, like, yeah. oh, totally. you've already seen this one, so don't bother with that one. Mm -hmm. uh, I do think that like pretty much everyone will find one episode that they really like, but they're also probably going to have a couple that really don't mm -hmm. work as well for you. It's yeah. not going to be like another show where you either like the show or you don't. Mm -hmm. uh, it's like a lot of the ones that work best for me are kind of the same as the ones you mentioned. My top three, I think, were uh, Ninth Jedi, The Elder, and La Pinocho. Mm -hmm. I was really expecting to love the twins. That was kind of the one that yeah, was farthest away from my expectations. Yep, me too. And there are some like Tatooine Rhapsody that uh, I didn't really expect to enjoy as much. I probably didn't enjoy as much. Uh, but I do think that there's definitely an audience of especially younger mm. kids who really like that one. So, Yeah, the twins was really disappointing for me too. Um, and like I was okay with it, like kind of what i was expecting was a visual spectacle that was ridiculous and over the top and mm -hmm. i just feel like it, it, we didn't get that like i thought the animation wasn't didn't really blow me away like yeah. it was kind of just a lightsaber fight on top of a star destroyer and like there's so much like so many more interesting things they could have done like had the ship cut in half and then like falling down through the planet's atmosphere or like hurling portions of the ship together but it just felt like a little too messy to really be interesting yeah. i guess yeah. yeah, like it 
it had a pretty interesting story premise, but I do think the execution mm-hmm. wasn't quite what I was hoping for on that one. But yeah. the other one that I really liked, The Elder, was also made by Trigger. So mm-hmm. uh, there was a hit and a miss for, for me for Trigger. Yeah, The Elder was really good. Um, that one, I think the characters in The Elder were probably the best done. Like the Jedi and the, the Padawan and the Master were amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't even, like, for, I, I think part of my problem with the twins was I just never really felt like the 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 twin brother's turn was, I mean, it's kind of explained, but he's supposed to be, like, this evil Sith twin they both are, and he just, he never really comes off like that, like, like I feel yeah. like he, even the fight could have been better for me if there was a bit more um, emotion behind it. Yeah, like, one of the weird things for the twins for me, story-wise as well, was kind of the... The thing where at the start, the sister's kind of, it's implying or explicitly saying that she knows if she used the weapon, she's probably going to die. Then later, the brother's like, if you do it, you'll die. She's like, what? No. I don't give a shit. Yeah. It's like, but no, then like, later, she's dude, like, I she don't care. She cares later. And yeah. then she stops caring. So it, yeah. it was kind of weird. Mm-hmm. But but yeah. So are, are you, uh, other than this, are you, big, and other than Dragon Ball, I guess, are you into, do you have a big anime history or any no. anime history? Yeah, I'm not really an anime guy. Um, I like, like I've watched the occasional anime. Like I like Dragon Ball. I like uh, what was the one Evangelion? I liked that one. I watched Attack on Titan, which was pretty good. But like I kind of consistently said I don't like anime tropes. Like there's certain animation styles that like I just can't do. Like if it's really over the top, it's just. And I, I know that's kind of writing off a lot of probably really good content, but it's just kind of. I guess I haven't given it the chance yet. So, no, I wouldn't really describe myself as an anime fan or an anime, yeah, at all, really. How about you? Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat. I've watched bits of a couple, but uh, even for the ones that I really wanted to get into, they were typically the longer ones where I just never mm-hmm. felt like I'd be able to get over the the mm-hmm. massive amount of content in some of them. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, it, it's not something that's ever really been as on my radar Mm -hmm. uh so i didn't have i don't have much of a baseline to compare Mm -hmm. some of the stuff to because like i i feel like one of the draws for this for a lot of people will be the idea that they have a particular studio that they have some impression of from before and they want to see what their take on star wars is going to be so that's something that's kind of lost on me going in yeah me too totally Uh, though one of the things with the announcement of all these shows last year uh like visions and obi-wan or kenobi and all of them was kind of the idea that we are going to get a ton of different mm-hmm. styles and different takes on stuff. So I do really like that. Oh, yeah. Uh, we got this and that we're going to continue to get stuff like this, even though it probably doesn't resonate for me as much as it will for a lot of people who probably felt like this is something that they were really waiting mm-hmm. for from Star Wars. Yeah, I suspect we'll probably get a Visions 2 or something similar mm-hmm. because I think fan reaction has been pretty good. Like, I saw it kind of blow up. Um on Twitter a little bit, and it's also really good cross promotion between like these studios and Star Wars. Like, I checked the anime subreddit just to kind of see like how anime fans were reacting, and the the reaction seemed really positive. There were a bunch of people who had never seen Star Wars before, and on the yes. on the other hand, um, I talked to like Alex Star Wars Explained, yeah. and he said he went back. Of course, he's a keener, and like watched a <laughs> bunch of like Studio Trigger stuff and. Um, so yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. But maybe we should talk talk about like I think we all kind of identified 
a few kind of key ones, but let's just kind of maybe briefly give our thoughts on all of them and kind of talk about the ones that we really yeah. liked a bit more. Uh, but first, just to set up a bit, uh, oh, yeah. before we go too much into any of it, for anyone who's like not been following this super close or may not have seen mm-hmm. it yet, so these are all nine individual stories that aren't set up to connect to any other part of uh, any Star Wars canon, so they're all... Uh, some feel a bit more grounded in the Star Wars universe. Others are mm-hmm. more varied takes on it. So like less of galactic history is implied to have happened, even if there's some background of like, oh, this mm-hmm. is set in the Empire. This is set a few hundred years after. Uh, so you can watch any individual one without the context of the others or without the context of any other Star Wars. And it'll make yeah. sense. Uh, yeah. There's the Don't only... Don't worry about the lore. <laughs> yeah. The only semi uh, exception to that is this first one, The Duel which has a tie-in novel coming out mm. uh, next month. So um, yeah. there's that. But other than that, there isn't like, you don't need to watch them in order. You don't need to know what happened or anything else to understand them. No. Uh, but yeah. Yeah, and you know, there are still people like arguing on Reddit. I saw today like, so is this canon or not? Like, yeah. we just saw two Sith twins fighting on top of a Star Destroyer. Like, no, it's not canon. And There's like, been a lot of other things like, oh, this is how I fit them in and where they go for me. And you can do mm-hmm. it if you do it. It's like, hey, well, yeah. seems like you're putting a lot of effort into that. It doesn't need to really be done. Yeah. So should we kind of talk about them in order then? Sure. Okay. So first up, we have The Duel. This one I said was my favorite. You were a little less hot on this one from what I remember, Corey? Yeah, this is one that like I didn't dislike this one, but it's not. it doesn't crack the top for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like this is going to end up being one of the favorites more broadly, uh, mm-hmm. but it it didn't quite do it for me as much. That's that's totally fair. I think this I think this will probably end up being the favorite. This and Ninth Jedi, yeah. Um, which is kind of funny because this one has some of the problems that I talked about earlier, where it's not really well, it's not a problem, but it's not like it doesn't really integrate Star Wars. In as meaningful of a way as it could have, I think, um, where it's like it is a, he is, you know, it's a samurai story. And it obviously, you know, that connects deeply with the roots of Star Wars. But for me, it was just the animation of this was like incredible. Yeah. Um, and I thought it was really clever how they like integrated um, the like different Star Wars aliens and the robots into like armor and stuff. And uh, this one for me, I guess, mostly visual spectacle was just yeah. really cool. Yeah, I definitely get that. Uh, mm-hmm. Like again, I did really enjoy it, just not quite as much as some of the other ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the the lightsaber that the uh, that the villain has in the this umbrella. One was, yeah, yeah, that was pretty something. wild. Yeah, it's like funny because I remember people complaining about the uh, the Inquisitors having their helicopter lightsaber blades. Yeah, and like I've heard nobody complain about the umbrella lightsaber, which kind of proves that it's really all about style and how well you pull something off. Um, I think it's also the idea that it's not supposed to tie into anything. Like when something yeah. is so standalone, people are going to have mm-hmm. different expectations or no mm-hmm. expectations for how uh, how they'd have to fit that in with everything else. Yeah, she also didn't fly with it, which yes. is uh, <laughs> I think that's a big part of it too. <laughs> uh, oh, somebody in chat asked, which we should probably miss this. I mean. They asked which language did we watch this in. I always watch the little anime I watch is always uh, dubbed, yeah. so the English version. I assume it's the same for you. Yeah, yeah, I did yeah. English for all of it. Mm-hmm. I don't have the attention span to read. <laughs> <laughs> like I tried, I was gonna watch um, uh, One Punch Man because I heard really good things about that one, but 
on Netflix or whatever, it was on, it was only subbed, and I was like, I'm gonna be on my phone half the time. I don't want to have to give yeah. my full attention to an anime for ten seasons or whatever. Um, so yeah, subtitles just makes... distract me so much when I'm trying to watch mm-hmm. something that has them. Like mm-hmm. even just, uh, I've been watching uh, Dragon Ball on Funimation, and mm-hmm. the subtitles automatically turn on for that. And mm-hmm. I just keep looking at the, the subtitles instead of just actually watching the show. See, I'm the opposite. Like, if it's English, I like to have subtitles on because I struggle to hear sometimes. But, like, yeah, I don't like having to focus on them. Um, because, yeah, I'll be like, I'll get a text and I'll look away and I'll be like, I know if I'm listening, I'll at least, you know, kind of pick it up. But, yeah. Um, anything else you want to mention with the duel? I'm just looking at my notes here. I, yeah, I, I really like this one. I thought it was a great start. Um, yeah, really cool. Yeah, uh, it had uh, some pretty cool ideas about like the Jedi and Sith are just mm-hmm. kind of gone, and so he has a. I guess the the reveal moment for the duel is the fact that he has a red lightsaber as well, because mm-hmm. I think the expectation going in is like, oh, he's going to pull out this lightsaber; it's going to be like blue or something, because he's going to be a Jedi. It's mm-hmm. like, nah, the Jedi suck at the end, and then gives the kid a crystal and runs away. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. This... I really like the music in this one as well. Uh, there were a few that had really great music. This one, The Village Bride. Um, and I think... Oh, yeah, The Ninth Jedi had a bit of, like, almost Rey's theme going through it, which was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, Which is one of my favorite Star Wars mm-hmm. songs, so... Yeah, yeah. No big deal. It's pretty sick. <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> right, Tatooine Rhapsody. I don't really have much to say about this one. Um, it was entertaining. Uh, not one that's, like, going to stick with me, or I think I'll find myself... Uh, rewatching it had a bunch of it had like a really famous cast though i think wasn't it like joseph was this the one joseph gordon levitt was in yeah joseph gordon levitt was the main guy uh, obviously tamara morrison's in it mm-hmm. mark thompson um who does a lot of the star wars audiobook stuff was in it uh john lith uh oh wait hold on that's not who i thought it was um but yeah so quite a a few of the oh yeah bobby monahan that was the other one um this one had a really star-studded cast, which was kind of funny considering it was like the, the silliest of them all, except for yeah. maybe the yeah, yeah. But it, I think this is one that like a lot of kids are gonna enjoy because mm-hmm. it, it is very like Pokemon or Digimon feeling, yeah. and uh, we get to see a hut with hair, so that's mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, yeah. No, it was fun. Uh, I really, I did actually like the end scene at uh yeah. at the at the Padre Circuit. That was fun. Yeah, I enjoyed it, but it again not one that like mm-hmm. does it for me personally in general. But mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, it, it's also the one that's actually the most grounded in terms of the rest of the universe, though, yeah. which is kind of funny. Yeah, because you get true. Boba, you get Jabba, you get like a very clear mm-hmm. idea of when and where this is all happening. Whereas mm-hmm. all the other ones are kind of uh, unknown planet off in the middle of nowhere. Jedi or mm-hmm. Sith show up. In this one, it's. Uh, on Tatooine, you've got Boba and Jabba, so mm-hmm. that was pretty cool. Yeah, see, I, I would have liked that. Like, it would have been fun to have like a smugglers episode. You know what I mean? Like, instead mm-hmm. of it being it's yeah. kind of a silly premise, which which is fine. But uh, but yeah, I think we kind of already talked about the twins a bit too. I don't know if there's is there anything else you want to mention for that? Um, no, I think we kind of started off with that. Mm-hmm. So, okay, so four was the village bride. This one was interesting uh i kind of got this on while i'm watching it was sort of the uh i i kind of felt like the show was going to or these 
these this format was really good for like the force like talking about the force and because star wars is all about how the force is a part of everything which is to me is something that would fit really well with like anime and like the eastern themes that like anime sometimes uses uh and like obviously that's kind of where star wars was inspired from in the first place so i was kind of expecting more of that throughout um and i like that this episode kind of slowed down uh like we get to see kind of the bride and her husband i don't think they actually get named the bride and the husband um kind of interacting with the planet and their history and then the the kind of nameless jedi kind of considering her pledge and eventually choosing to stand up and protect them at the end yeah it's probably the probably the one with like the fewest clear star wars elements visually for a large Mm -hmm. part of it but the way it handles the force is really interesting so like it has just enough to tie it in and uh kind of set up the relationship with the empire Mm -hmm. and the force so this is Clone another Wars one that's kind of like middle Separatist is mentioned. Yeah. yeah. Well, I th- I think uh, isn't this one like during the Clone Wars? Because it is the it's I think the, it was yeah, right. it's the Separatist, not the Empire. I think it was. I think it's bandits moved into an old Separatist base. Yeah. But I'm not sure. So I think it was right after the Clone Wars. But yeah, kind of the idea. Yeah. So we get our CIS Remnant episode. Mm-hmm. And we do see, even see some battle droids, which was cool. Um, but yeah, I, I would have liked to see kind of more spiritual episodes overall. And that's why I was kind of excited for this one um, the most when I watched the previews. Or this one is the one that really stood out to me. So if they do a part two, I'd like to see kind of more of that because, yeah. Like a slower episode, kind of more of these themes I think would be good. And this one like had lots of, you know, lingering, even just the way it was like kind of animated. There were lots of lingering shots of the planet and the forest yeah. and the uh, the people and I think that kind of made the action sequence at the end of this one one of my favorites. Um, because there is kind of high tension. You think the, the sister is going to be shot, and then the Jedi, of course, steps in and uh, saves them. There's actually a lot of like sequel trilogy tech or force powers that get used throughout this as well. Mm-hmm. Like throughout all of them. Because there's the uh, Force Awakens like laser-stopping force power. There's mm-hmm. uh, hyperspace ram later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, you're right. Um, so, what do you think was her deal? Like, so it seems like she's breaking her vow by stepping in and protecting. Is that like what do you think the deal is there? Because she she cuts off her her lock of hair, and um, she kind of steps in and protects the the people. What do you think is going on there? She takes her mask off as well. I'm not sure. Like, it, it seems to almost have a similar take on what's going on with Jedi and Force users as mm-hmm. Ronan does, but a little bit, like, closer to the moment that would have happened, mm-hmm. uh, where it all kind of just falls apart and it all, and, like, the Jedi aren't the Jedi anymore, the Sith aren't really the Sith. Mm-hmm. Uh, but. Yeah. It does seem yeah. like Village Bride and. So Village Bride, the Elder, and Lopinocho are probably the three that seem like they have the most open for further exploration, even just of, like, the plots they have. Because uh, I feel like those are the three that end without necessarily mm-hmm. uh, resolving everything that they're setting up. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, yeah. Oh, so you said this one was kind of middle of the road for you still, though? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, like, there's kind of top three, middle three, bottom three, so it's not... Mm-hmm. Kind of, like, that's basically what it ended up being for me, at least. Mm-hmm. So this is in kind of the middle three for me. It's not quite as good gotcha. as uh, Lava Nojo Ninth Jedi and The Elder, but... Because mm-hmm. you like the furry rabbit. I did like the furry rabbit. That was the only thing that I liked about Lapanocho. It has nothing to do with the story or the animation. It's yeah. just the just the furry rabbit. Yeah, you were really into the original Space Jam as well. Um, should we move on then? Because number five is the Ninth Jedi, which is, I think, probably been the most talked about one, at least from yeah. what I've seen. So do you kind of want to yeah, give a I... breakdown of, of what this episode's about? So this is about a Ninth jedi so there's there's jedi but then she ends up being the ninth one uh which means that there were eight prior jedi uh but there is a call put out by uh i forget the guy's name but his name is uh you've got it open one yeah just a second uh but there's a call put out yeah margrave so he puts out a call that's uh, supposed to bring all these Jedi together and it's mm-hmm. setting him up as this evil guy. Uh, and so there's this congregation of all these people who've been called by the force. He's to... promising to give them lightsabers. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it turns out that those were actually evil Sith and they mm-hmm. were coming to kill all the Jedi that would have come to that. And Margrave's actually the good guy. So mm-hmm. really turns everything on its head there. I don't um, think Margrave is like necessarily bad early on. It's more like everyone kind of suspects there's something more going on. Yeah, well, he's in the in the big dark armor. So in Star Wars terms, he was kind of yeah. He had all the visual cues of a villain. Yeah. Whereas uh, everyone else was visually set up to be more Jedi. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then uh, we have the main character who was I thought originally voiced by the person who did. Kari and Digimon, but <laughs> it's not the case. She just sounds uh-huh. a lot like it. Damn. Well, that that's what I spend most of my time watching, trying to figure out who from Digimon made it into Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> no, just whether that specific one was her, because it sounded so much like it to me. But yeah, I th- this one was cool. Um, I like just right off the bat. I really like the idea that like the lightsabers are gone in this planet. Yeah. Um. It's like there doesn't even seem to be that many kyber crystals left. They've got this kind of unique uh, setup, setup where these like giant slings on the planet's surface are like yanking asteroids down, um, which I thought was really cool. Yeah. Um, there's a nice shot of them all, um, yeah. kind of the the slings. But it kind of takes a it takes the canon element of like red kyber crystals or a kyber crystal you've made bleed. Mm-hmm. To mm-hmm. a different level where the color of your lightsaber is actually a reflection of uh, your connection to the force. So if you're evil holding a lightsaber, that lightsaber is going to be red. If you're mm-hmm. not, then it'll be another color. And we mm-hmm. actually see one of the Sith uh, heel turn or face turn because uh, his lightsaber goes from red to blue mm-hmm. or green and then starts fighting yeah. alongside our heroes. So at this start, like, because the ninth Jedi has her lightsaber and it's like a black beam mm-hmm. and she thinks that it's just because her connection to the force isn't strong enough. But yeah, I thought that was an interesting take, not something that I'd really want in like the main universe, but no, no, I think it was a cool take for what the episode was doing. 
Yeah, I wasn't even a really huge fan of the idea of lightsaber bleeding, to be honest. That Neither was a I. bit cheesy for me. Um, I kind of just like it that, like, the Sith are so extra, like, they have the red <laughs> lightsabers, because, like, you know, that's what some book told them to do. Um, I, I really liked about this episode, too, how there's kind of the, the double protagonist. There is the ninth Jedi, then there's the the uh, the Jedi on the uh, the station. I forget what his name is. It's something really, isn't it something really basic, like, oh, what is it? Um, it's just like, his name is just like Joe or something. Um, yeah, that. I think it is. It's something, it's something like that. But um, yeah, I really like how we're sort of following them, and it all comes together at the end. And I've got to say, the battle at the end was actually really well animated, and really brutal. Yeah. Um. Ethan, it's Ethan. That's his name. His name is Ethan. <laughs> yeah. So it's like I'm looking at the names. It's like Lakara, Margrave, Juro, Rodin, Nizo, Haman, Henjin, Ethan. <laughs> The droid is uh, definitely the MVP of the episode, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's greasing himself. Yeah, and he's, like, drinking tea. It was awesome. Like, that was the stuff, like... Yeah. Uh, did you find one of the Jedi Masters kind of looked like a Pokemon, though? Like, there was one that yeah. had, like, big red eyebrows, and I was like, that looks like Entei or something. Like, that looks like Entei's, like, pre-evolved form. Right. I don't know. We'll have to pay attention to the next Pokemon releases and see if he shows up. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, the, the fight at the end of this one was really cool. Um, and yeah, it's just it was nice that it was, you know, not just one lone Sith or one lone Jedi. It was like this is kind of like a big confrontation between good and evil. Um, we get the back the, the backstory in the end. Uh, by the way, for those who are confused, what what happened in this episode is. He's, it turns out that he wasn't actually trying to lure Jedi there. He was trying to lure Jedi hunters there, mm -hmm. Jedi Sith, which is why, or sorry, Jedi hunters, i.e. Sith, which is why at the end there's this big kind of brawl. That's kind of awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what's the next one? Um, let me just. Two B one. T zero yeah. B one. This one was cute, but like, eh, I don't know it. I would have preferred if this one stayed more of him dreaming rather than like yeah. how it turned out. But I don't really have much I want to say about this one. Yeah, this is another one that I was watching thinking, oh, this will be another good one for kids. But then towards the end, it gets super dark for a while. Like the mm -hmm. droid gets destroyed and then mm -hmm. shit really goes down. So uh, maybe it's not going to be quite as Astro Boy for kids. But mm -hmm. it's uh... I actually I like this one more than I'd expected to. Uh, it was kind of emotional, especially when like it starts raining and whatever. Yeah, um, it's like a kind of Pinocchio Astro Boy yes. take on Star Wars. Some and... Rogue One thrown in there. Yeah, yeah. is uh, no, this isn't. It's Akakiri that has the B wing. That's been the talk of the town. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. We'll get to that. Um, yeah, I don't think there was. Oh yeah, there's like a Skyhopper in that one, right? Mm -hmm. But other than that, not really. There was actually less on the... I was kind of hoping as kind of a secondary thing to get a few more just spaceship designs or station mm -hmm. designs or something. And we kind of got that in Ninth Jedi, but everywhere else it was... Uh, we got a Z-95, we got a B-Wing, and we got uh, very... Well, I, I guess there's the, the double Star Destroyers, but not mm -hmm. a huge amount on the ship side other than that. Yeah, that, that kind of reminds me of, like, one thing that, like, an example of something that could have fit well into this kind of 
like something that I would like to see if they do a Visions 2 would be like imagine we had never gotten the original 2003 Clone Wars. Like I'm just thinking of like the Mace Windu short from that on Dantooine. Like that's something that like I would like to see in a Visions. Like it's still firmly within universe. Not every episode, but like it's still firmly within universe. It's not necessarily something canon. And in that case, it's the art and like the kind of presentation of it right. that's so different. Like, I think if they do a Visions two, like I, I like this and it's good, but for Visions two, I'd like to see more that's kind of firmly set within universe, but with the presentation being different or the animation style or like the well, specific story. We kind of already got that with uh, the animated versions of canon stories, right? Because mm -hmm. they were doing that for a while. Uh, so I don't yeah, know if that would have been quite. Even those were kind of like those were like two minutes long and like they basically yeah. kept exactly to like the story, you know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas like the the like I kinda see all of the two thousand three Clone Wars as basically like a what if kind of. I know it's mm. supposed to be canon, but like especially with like that Dantween or like even the Battle of Coruscant is just so ridiculous. But I, I do see what you mean as well. Yeah, I I wouldn't mind getting what you're asking for there. Like that'd be mm. as someone who's like most interested in star wars as a continuous universe then obviously that'd be the kind of thing that i like the most mm -hmm. but uh i also i don't think we'll get it going more in that direction if we get a visions 2 no like, i don't think so either i think maybe the most as far as continuity that might happen with a potential vision series 2 is maybe we'll get like a sequel to one or two of these mm -hmm. but i think even then it'd be more of a one-off stories that are yeah, less I'm curious to see what the grounded. Roman book, is, Ronin book, is like, because um, just kind of how deep they go into that universe. Like, if it's more of a, just a story, or if it's a more mm -hmm. kind of breakdown of that sort of that Star Wars universe, or what exactly yeah. happens. Because I, I think it is going to be like a direct continuation of that. Uh, following what I thought it was a prequel that. for some reason. Okay, or, interesting. Okay, maybe it, maybe it is before. But I think it like it is like directly tied into that in some way. Let me just check what it says, so I'm not speaking out of my ass. So, do um, you think there will be a second series of visions, or do you think we're? I think I think there will be, yeah. Um, because I read something today. I'll just see if I can pull up the post where, like, I don't know if it was uh, an insider or an official. Yeah, so somebody said Lucasfilm is interested in, interest in doing more non-canon content like Star right. Wars Visions. So that was an insider exclusive. Like, that could mean basically nothing. Um, or no, this is actually a quote. So, yeah. Uh, they, they do seem to be... Here, let me just see if I can read the entire quote. Um, so I'm not, again, just speaking out of my ass. This was but from Murphy's Malt... Yeah. So this is from uh, a site called Murphy's Multiverse. Uh, full shout out to them. You can just search up Murphy, like the word Murphy, uh, Murphy's Multiverse. And this is the quote from the Lucasfilm VP for franchise, James Waugh. He says, um, on whether the company had more interest in non-canon content like Visions, he says, <clears throat> it's something we are interested in. The reason we approached Visions as it was is we wanted to empower specific creators with their process and medium. So much of what you see in Visions, the specificity of anime as a medium, justifies the storytelling. So, I, do I think we could do more non-timeline storytelling? I think under the Visions framework, absolutely. There is a certain joy in having celebratory content that is removed from the gravitas of canon. And I totally agree. 
we'll have to see what the fandom wants. Um, so that definitely sounds positive to me, and it even sounds yeah. like maybe this will at some point get a subtitle. Like, I know even on Disney Plus they have it as season one, but like the way the the Lucasfilm exec described it there, it almost sounds like the visions could be a yeah kind of overarching thing. Yeah, because it seems like he's talking about the visions framework there as being less mm -hmm. visions is the anime thing and more visions is mm -hmm. different exactly. takes on Star Wars. Mm -hmm. So maybe we'll get like some anime stuff. Maybe we'll get some like kids in their background in their backyard with a GoPro whacking mm -hmm. each other with sticks pretending they're lightsabers because I can send in some mm -hmm. home movies for that as well. Me too. Yeah. Uh, so if they want to reach out, I'll see if I can get some of those out, sent out to you. But uh, yeah. So that's great. Uh, so yeah, do you think we'll get more in this anime style specifically, or what do you expect? I think like three years from now or something, maybe we'll get uh, season two of Visions in the same kind of like uh, anime compilation or short compilation, mm -hmm. uh, probably with some of the same studios involved and maybe with a sequel to one or two of them. Mm -hmm. But it seems like it's not something that they've ordered yet. Uh, mm -hmm if it is something that they're going to do. So it would definitely be a few years out mm -hmm. before anything can happen. Yeah, no, I agree. These obviously took a lot of time and these studios are all, you know, obviously very busy with their shows and whatever else. So not something that the, it's definitely something they've been working on for a while. Speaking of, I didn't see this, but apparently there are a ton of extras related to visions as well. Like 10 cool. uh, behind the scenes shorts in the extras section. So if you guys are looking nice. for more content, you can check that out. Probably give that a watch this weekend. Yeah. Um, with that being said, should we move on to the duel uh, or sorry, sorry, the elder, which was the seventh episode. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, this was some one that I think we both mentioned as being one of our favorites. And I, I think this is probably going to be along with the duel, mm -hmm. the favorite for the community. Mm -hmm. uh, I think ninth Jedi will be up there, but I think, it's going to be like less universally so, mm -hmm. but this one was interesting. It it felt like straight out of like the High Republic era for me. Yeah, I can't, I can't remember if there was a specific reference or not. Um, but just like the fact that it's you know the way the Padawan and the Master were going around yeah. and the Sith are gone for so long. Um, yeah, it felt like it was more pre Clone Wars and whatever. Mm -hmm. Like I don't think there were any direct references to when they were other than the fact that like the Jedi are still around the Sith haven't been for a long time. Mm -hmm. So. Mm -hmm. I really like the way the, uh, the dark sider was portrayed too. Um, he's literally just like a, he's like pure evil. He's like got mm -hmm. this like gray skin. His teeth are all yellow. And then, you know, he doesn't look too bad at first because um, he, he's got his eyes kind of, squinted and closed and then he opens up his eyes and they're all they're all red and yellow when he pulls out his lights and he's like yeah this guy is not a he's not a friendly dude <laughs> and then i just like um there's like this scene where because the apprentice finds him first and the master like the second the the evil sith or dark jedi or whatever he is pulls out his lightsaber the master just like run <laughs> yeah that was pretty cool so zingbop and chad is saying something that i've actually seen a fair bit uh, mm -hmm. A few people make this comparison between the Elder and the Jedi Apprentice books, like Obi Wan and Qui Gon. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I can totally see that. There's definitely a lot of that, mm -hmm. and the the trope of like the Padawan trying to seek out the 
evil dude to fight, and it's not a good idea. Then it's just way, uh, way too much. Yeah. Yeah. I do kind of like, too, how it starts off. He's like, the Sith is kind of... I don't, I don't think he's a Sith by the time they fight him. He kind of describes maybe being a Sith in the past. Which yeah, is kind of interesting, talks too. talks about, like, wishing he could fight uh, the Master when he was younger, mm-hmm. when he was mm-hmm. in his prime. Yeah, I, I like that. Um, but it's kind of interesting how he first, they kind of first discover him because he's, like, hunting animals or something, I think. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting because, to me, that's, like, you know, that's, like, a lot of, you know, fairy tales or, like, stories where the, the beast is kind of first discovered because he's killing a bunch of wildlife up in the yeah. mountains or something. And then the samurai or the the hunter or the hero or or whoever has to go fight him, and then finds out it's you know, of course some some great enemy, which was which was well done in this, I thought. Yeah. Um, and I actually really liked the, the I this probably had my favorite characterization or at least yeah. relationship between the master and the apprentice. Like, I was actually I was pretty bummed when it looked like Dan, who's the apprentice was uh was killed thankfully he pulls through but yeah these are the characters that i would like to see do more uh but they're also like the only characters that actually get focused on for their own sake except for maybe Mm -hmm. some in the village bride Mm -hmm. uh because a lot of everyone else doesn't really get that much uh well uh, tattooing rhapsody has a lot of that too but Mm -hmm. there are a lot of the other episodes where uh even lapanocho which we're going to talk about next where they the characters don't really do much themselves you don't really get a sense for who they are individually it's more uh what they're doing for the plot mm-hmm. yeah no I, I totally agree um one other thing i liked about the uh the elder is a lot of this was about like kind of the master being past his prime and like right um I mean, it, it's a pretty co- common theme in stories with a master apprentice, but basically, like, I'm only getting weaker and you're getting stronger. So, um, but in the end, still, the the master kicked the elder's ass pretty easily. Yeah. Like, there's one part, he starts off with these two kind of, like, katana lightsabers, and then the master just grabs one and ch- ch- uh, chops it in half, which was kind of fun. But this definitely felt like a kind of one of a, out of many stories out of these pairs, so I definitely like to see... Yeah. See more of them. And I, w- I honestly wouldn't even mind if, like, they talked about how Star Wars could draw from these stories into canon if they wanted to. I think it'd be kind of cool to see these guys brought into the High Republic. Not necessarily the story, but. Yeah. Not necessary, but could be fun. Yeah. We get the, the weird winking mm-hmm. with the kids behind the shed. Oh, yeah. His little friends. <laughs> yeah. When they just get yeah. to the planet. That's how you mm-hmm. establish a rapport with the locals. That's, that's what I remember first day of elementary school. You look to the kids behind the dumpster, and if they wink at you, you know you're good. Yeah. And that's how you know if there's going to be a few more weeks of winter as well. <laughs> yeah. Wyatt and Willie's just going to give you the wink or not. In, in Canada, yeah. it's like Does his eyelashes stay stuck together? No? Okay, summer is almost here. <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, so do you want to move on to Lopinocho and Akakiri? Mm. Yeah, I don't, I don't often, think I'm going to have really anything to say about Hikikiri, to be honest. Me neither. Me neither. Lopinocho was by far the most surprising thing of this yeah. entire uh, entire season for me. I, I really like this one. Like, the entire yeah. theme... The theme of this was pretty Star Wars 2, about, like, 
kind of tradition versus progress or to like yeah. what extent you sacrifice tradition for progress the idea and, is they've got this sorry uh i was just gonna say and like the reason that some of these planets would join the empire but i think mm. that's totally um so there's this planet called tau um and it's this very beautiful planet i i love the uh Every shot of this plane is really nice. So it starts off with the Star Destroyer. Mm-hmm. Um, and even from space, like, they do a really good job with world building. There are a bunch of these islands. They're connected by these huge bridges. Uh, the animation this episode is really beautiful. And then they've got what kind of looks like a... Like, looks like inspired by, like, I don't know, what you'd see in an anime, like a Japanese city in an anime. Just, like, these terrorist, building, terrorist buildings and... Um, just this really beautiful nature, all of these hills and stuff. Um, but then the Empire comes, and of course, they are slowly industrializing and making people slaves and just ruining the city and its environment and everything else. Yeah, like, coming in, I didn't think this was going to be one that I liked very much. And like, I, I kind of, ever since the announcement, thought it was going to be the one that was just thrown in because someone wanted to get their weird bunny character in. It's like, okay, that's going to be... Yeah, so that was for me too. Strange, but then, like, as soon as you get the opening shots, like, okay, this looks fantastic. Yeah, uh, and yeah. then the way they use the the way that Lop actually fits into that society, they explain that a bit. They explain what the Empire is doing there, uh, and kind of Ocho's turn mm-hmm. from like trying to help Lop into uh, kind of like giving everything up for the Empire because she mm-hmm. thinks they need that to progress at all. Yeah, one thing I, I really like, this is kind of a little off topic, but I mean, not really. One thing I really like, too, is this one was kind of very grounded, like, visually in Star Wars as well. Um, there were a lot of Star Wars aliens in every shot, and also ships. Like, I didn't really notice this as much this the mm-hmm. first time I watched it, but, like, if you the look... Star Destroyers there's, like, everywhere, like, the, docking places. But there's also, like, Gazantes. Mm-hmm. Um, I noticed a couple of Gazantes. There's some of the ships, the... Uh, the lander from Rogue One, I forget what it's called, the uh, the cargo hauler. Um, she flies away at the end, I think, in a Raider Corvette. Um, so lots of really cool stuff like that, especially in just like the background, which for me really helped. Yeah. Or I really enjoyed it anyway. Not every episode had to be like that, but I'm glad we kind of got one that was. Yeah, like um, it ended up being a lot more connected and a lot more applicable to other themes in Star Wars that we see than I kind of mm-hmm. expected, along with, like, historical parallels. Yeah, and of course, the the kind of greatest or one of the biggest themes of Star Wars is family. And yeah. even in the sequel trilogy, I mean, even throughout kind of adopted family versus biological right. family. And the big thing in this is the ancestral lightsaber ends up being passed to Locke, who is the the, the, the bunny girl, um, who she starts her life as a thief. She tries to steal from this family, even though she's just trying to eat, and eventually she's adopted by them. And then I think it's like a 15-year a gap or 10-year or gap. Um, she ends up getting the lightsaber from uh, her father, and by that point, it's like there's no question their family is just... I really like that part. Yeah. Yeah, and this is the one that, uh, of all of them, doesn't really resolve the core mm-hmm. conflict. Mm. Uh, it felt a lot more like it was setting up for 
uh, potentially, well, not necessarily exploring it more because I don't think they were making it with the assumption that they're going to do more like they did in Empire at War with still rediscovering all the Sith troopers. Mm-hmm. But we don't actually see them reconcile. We see her flying away, and then that's kind mm-hmm. of it. Yeah, she goes full evil. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which I was kind of surprised by, because I was like looking at the time, like, oh, there's not much time left. Does she beat her? Everyone starts crying, and then it's over. But like, no, she just, she just leaves. Yeah, and I do like how like her turning evil was basically, you know, she also does the very Star Wars thing of turning evil because she gets like, like she turns evil for like she still just wants to help her planet. So does her Mm -hmm. father. She believes that the Empire will help the planet industrialize and you know bring it into the future the father believes that um you know the, the planet's you know environment has to be protected its tradition and of course she ends up getting going a little too far and siding with the empire and everything kind of just spirals out of control which is spiraling out of control is like the star wars way yeah. you turn evil <laughs> it's like very few characters that are like you know interesting are just evil for evil's sake unless it's the emperor yeah, Star Wars just has like a, a flip you switch though. You either end up on the light side or the dark side. And if you end mm-hmm. up on the light side, all your reasons for doing everything are good. If you end up on the dark side, all the reasons for doing everything are bad. And yeah. if you just go back, it doesn't actually change the fact that uh, like you don't need to like re-examine your baseline assumptions on the world. You just need to use the other side of the force. That's right. Um, yeah, this was a really good one though. The fight at the end was fun. Poor dad gets his other eye cut out in the uh, <laughs> that cute little droid, which had the picture of them as uh, as kids, gets destroyed as well. Yeah, so that was sad. Yeah, that was sad. Don't kill droids in Star Wars. That's just I I went through it with K two, and then we have to go through it here like twice. It's not good. We didn't go through it at least with the uh, the R two in uh, in the duel, which I was a fan of because I really liked him. He was fun. Yeah. Although he does get he does get kind of disabled, and I I I like the. When, when Ronan was like, have him fixed by the time this kettle boils. <laughs> it was like that was pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, anything else you want to mention uh, about uh, Lop and Ocho? Uh, no, I think that's my main thoughts on it. Yeah, and we kind of touched on uh, Akakiri a bit. This one was probably this one might have been the worst for me. Um, I, just, I feel like I need to like I need to rewatch all of them. I've only watched all of them once, but Akakiri is the one that I think I need to give a, a better shot to because I, I ended up like not paying the most attention to it. Mm-hmm. So I, it does kind of have the unfortunate bit of being at the end of yeah. them. I wasn't so binging them. them. Oh, you weren't okay. No, I went back to watch it on its own, but then I still kind of tuned out of it. Uh, and I, I don't think that's its fault necessarily. I'm gonna go back and watch it while just like just watching it. So, okay, fair enough. I, I don't feel qualified to say really anything about it. Mm-hmm. Like I, I watched all of it and I caught like the broad strokes of it, but I, I feel like it'd be unfair of me to give too much mm-hmm. of an opinion on it. The big thing for this episode, though, was that um, our friend EC Henry, uh, right. he he did a, a redesign of the B wing. Um, making it for the uh, making it for the resistance from the Star Wars sequels and uh, this episode used it <laughs> yep. not it's not traced but it is it is the ship so that was interesting I'm probably gonna ask him how he feels about that but yeah yeah I was surprised I guess 
Yeah, it's like it's clearly not a trace like the no. stuff we saw with a lot of the Marvel comics before. It seems more like when they were looking for whatever references to use as like when they were drawing their B-Wing because like it's the major uh, major design elements that are the same, like comparing their B-Wing to, uh, to like actual B-Wings. It seems like they found E.C. Henry's video or something, his model, and mm-hmm. designed theirs while looking at that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's not... It's not great. I mean, it's not... I don't know. It's. I don't think there's anything honestly, wrong with that, frankly. I don't know. Yeah, I, I guess. It's one it's thing just, if they're tracing or using the art directly, but when you're mm-hmm. making your fan works based on an existing yeah. universe, especially a variant of an existing design, the idea that some of that would seep its way back into the universe, I, I don't think you can reasonably be mad about that. Yeah, it's just... I, I do agree. This is what this is what this is what he said. This is what E.C. Henry said about it. And without he didn't say this with a positive or a negative slant. He just this is his kind of statement. He said virtually every unique design element is preserved, including the paint job. Um, which yeah, I mean, yeah. Like I don't know how to feel about that because it's not necessarily lazy. I mean, it's I would prefer to see unique designs or whatever. Um, but it's, it is, it's, it's, yeah, I I don't know how to feel about this one. I'm trying to talk, talk through it and yeah. So I keep, so one of the things that seems to come up a lot when this comes up is the idea that like, oh, well, Lucasfilm should have this big folder of shit they send you on everything they Mm -hmm. have on that thing, but that's not really how any of it ends up working. And, uh, like if it's the artist working on, their thing they're probably going to use the internet to look up references so sometimes Mm -hmm. it can just happen accidentally Mm -hmm. uh but like i don't know i just don't think there's any ground to stand on of saying like oh they shouldn't be looking at my stuff when i'm putting this out based on their ip like yeah no i think that's fair um i think i think people just get frustrated because I don't know. I, I if think, it was I think... if it was a fan design that had no basis on mm-hmm. anything that existed before, it's like a fan made this ship, it's their ship, then sure. But mm-hmm. when it's like this is this specific modification for uh, this specific ship type, uh, especially if it's like this is the resistance take on the B wing, mm-hmm. and if uh maybe the animators at first like oh did the resistance ever have a b-wing someone googles resistance b-wing they Mm -hmm. find ec henry is like oh maybe this is based on something maybe this fan made it based on something it's not like they made uh something and like they didn't say oh are there chish ships and they found like our phalanx destroyer okay so i guess i guess my question to you is is it different than if it was a mistake versus if they if they took it knowing that this was a fan design of a not B-wing? to me i think no? it's also okay. perfectly fine if they're like oh this is a fan interpretation of what a b-wing would look like in the resistance we need mm. a resistance b-wing we like this we're going to base ours on that, that if yeah, they that's took it and they traced agree. over the screen i think that would be a problem you see that's where i don't quite agree because i still think like if you're getting paid to I don't know. I feel like if you're getting paid to make Star Wars vehicles, like you should do it yourself. I don't know. 
Like, I, th I think it's understandable, especially with, like, where, y you know, if you look up B-Wing, like, or, like, sequel trilogy B-Wing, like, E.C. Henry's is probably one of the first to come up. But just taking somebody's design without, especially without any sort of credit, I think I'm not a huge fan of that. Yeah, like, I don't know. Because it, it, to me, that's kind of... Because this is, like, a new ship design, you know? A new ship to be an official Star Wars thing. So, like, so the like other if, thing if is I... I've seen the pictures that they're comparing. It doesn't look as close as it seems to be presented as either. Like, he's saying it's every detail down to the paint job. Mm -hmm. And I was looking at it initially and was like, mm. it seems like there's some major modifications to the original B-Wing that are clearly more similar to his. But, like, I don't mm -hmm. think it's quite that similar either. I think that's I think that's fair because um, like he made that B wing, so he's gonna look at it and say this looks like the thing I worked on. So he's gonna mm -hmm. be more prone to say like as someone who's familiar mm -hmm. with his B wing that it's more likely they just took it as a wholesale lift I mean, of his thing. You're right. There are there are some clear things that are the same, like the engine placements. There are six engines that are all the exact same. Um, the sort of little cutout of the wing is the same. Um, the guns and everything, but I mean some of that is also I can't remember what the B wings stock guns look like um but yeah like it, it's it's clear either way that the person who animated this b-wing saw ec henry's like I, I don't think that's that's debatable um but like yeah. i need to go back and like really look at a clear picture of here i'll send the you one, one in uh i need to see the one in the episode as clear as possible his you know. and a stock one because i feel like every con comparison i saw of it was just looking at a blurry picture of his or a blurry picture of the mm -hmm. episode and his and there was nothing like showing like okay so what's actually changed from the original b-wing or from every canon interpretation mm -hmm. of the original b-wing because there are differences mm -hmm. in presentation between like almost everything it's in as well yeah did you see the one i sent you that he posted uh i just sent it to no. you on facebook Like, I don't think the the color schemes like because no, it was, yeah, the major design elements are definitely there, but like the, mm -hmm. I don't know. It, yeah, my I guess my main problem I I see where you're coming from. My main problem is you're basically entering this into official Star Wars media as a design as a new design, you know, from your studio. When like in reality, like it is, it's not. It's it's EC Henry's take on the ship. And this B-Wing here is unique enough that, like, you know, I, I, if I saw it and I was paying attention, like, I would think, oh, they made a new B-Wing design. Like, that's cool that they made this when, like, in reality, you know, it's not theirs. I guess that's yeah. kind of my problem. I don't know. I I can see it from the stance of, like, mm -hmm. uh, criticizing major company for not doing it. But it's also individuals that are often not under the most oversight doing it. Mm -hmm. And it's also... It, it feels like you have less of a leg to stand on when you are making videos that make money out of this stuff based on someone else's IP and your stuff is mm -hmm. essentially popular because you're working within that IP to oh. turn around and be like, how dare you? No, like, I, I agree completely. And I'm not saying um, that's what EC Henry's doing, but I also... like no, if, no, no. if our stuff for Empire or Expanded, if one of our designs turned up in some official media in some way, like mm -hmm. I feel like... 
I wouldn't really have ground to stand on to be like, you shouldn't be doing that. When it's when it's situations where they're not making any of the art and where they're just like tracing fan renders and that's kind of mm-hmm. their whole output, then I have more of a problem with it. Mm-hmm. But when it's that kind me, of thing, it's like, like the I artistic think it's principle, I guess. Like and just credit. Like you know, it's for like you know you look at something anybody makes it's like where does this come from and you know i see a ship i assume that comes from from them like even in like i don't think this is like the most this is like this the most evil or egregious or or bad case i like i i don't really get too chuffed about this but like i'd still like to see you know if you're incorporating someone's fan design you know give them credit yeah i definitely agree with that yeah like it's just from a artistic like ethics point of view like i think that's the right thing you need to do sure okay um but yeah definitely definitely interesting take i'm gonna try to ask him uh see what he thinks about it but like i didn't want to make a video on this and and because it's i'm i'm just not that mad about it it's kind of cool but yeah would prefer there to be some credit uh with that being said i think we kind of covered everything we wanted to cover do we have time for any questions uh what time I is our next stream i think we have it just came up saying half an hour so i think he's scheduled for eight thirty. so we probably do have okay. time for the emails yeah. we got at least okay let me just pull them open um so i think we only have a few um so justin i think we covered most of his we, did we answer Justin questions last week? I don't think so, actually. Uh, which, which one? No, no, that was two days ago. Oh, yeah. So we definitely right. didn't. What's the last question we covered? Um, uh, I think Seamus's is the last one we didn't cover, maybe. Yeah, that was right after the podcast i think or maybe i'll I'll star that and i'll save it for next time because it's kind of off topic yeah that'll fit a little bit more into being back Mm -hmm. talking about the books yeah um maybe maybe i'll do that for justin's as well because it's also kind of off topic um yeah i think that works yeah so our first question then comes from floral who says hey justin Corey, long time listener first time emailer big fan uh, watching the Star Wars Vision series reminded me a lot of the animated Halo Legends series. Yes, I've thoroughly enjoyed both. The art style is refreshing as well as the new story. Somewhat unrelated, but something I'd like to see more of is perhaps this Rebels or Clone Wars style show uh, set in the sequel trilogy. I know there's resistance, but that didn't do much for me. Um, something I think Clone Wars and Rebels did was flesh out the overall story a bit more without directly affecting what happened in the respective trilogies. I think if a series was set in a sequel trilogy, it could do a lot in terms of creating new characters that fans can get behind and enjoy as well as providing a bit more context to the mess that the sequel storyline was. Uh, yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I think the Clone Wars did do quite a bit to rehabilitate the prequels image. Yeah, um, yeah what, are you, what are your thoughts on that, Corey? Yeah, I definitely agree. Uh, I think we'll probably get something like that at some point. Because uh, Resistance only... Does it go up to Rise of Skywalker? Is it just between uh, TLJ and Rise of Skywalker? But I think there's uh, def- it's a bit more contain- self-contained, so I think there's definitely room for more yeah. of that, and especially with like uh, Bad Batch, it seems like that's a format that they want to keep going with. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, so maybe once Bad Batch is done, the next like mm-hmm. Clone Wars esque cartoon or Rebels esque cartoon will be uh, later on in the timeline. Especially if they want to set up for something else bigger coming after the uh, coming after Rise of Skywalker. Because mm-hmm. there's definitely yeah. a lot of room to explore the either after that or during the First Order Resistance War to. Mm-hmm show a lot more of what was going on there show like the new republic's decision to stay out of it leia forming the resistance like there there's a lot of room in there for yeah. other stories that you really can't do in live action anymore because carrie fisher will not answer any phone calls <laughs> yeah that's a that's a great point have you ever seen uh, halo legends before i haven't no it's really good you'd probably you'd probably like it it's got like Halo Legends is different, though, because some of them are at least, like, quasi-canon. Some of them are completely kind of... Some of them are, like, Master Chief fighting a dinosaur. Others are, like, past Spartan missions. They're all really cool, though. Varied animation styles. Pretty much like this. Um, but, yeah, thank you very much for that question. Uh, next up, we have Joel, I think. He says, despite not being canon, could you see some more of these stories getting mentioned in mainline Star Wars stories, like... How you sometimes get Star Wars tales or even old wounds in the main chronology material. Curious to hear your thoughts. What do you think, uh, Corey? I think, like, you kind of brought it up, but the characters in The Elder, I think, could, uh, mm-hmm. if, like, the High Republic writers decided they really liked them, they get worked in with a mention or something like that. I don't think the other ones are that likely, unless it's maybe, no. like, a, a planet name drop for Tau or that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I don't think there will be any attempt to, like, bring in anything broader than a character or a place name reference mm-hmm. yeah so one thing i saw all over twitter is like oh the ninth jedi is the official future of star wars <laughs> it's like mm-hmm. i don't know i mean for me it was all like that one just felt like an alternate take on the universe i mean obviously it's not actually official but like yeah Shit. I, I don't know how long our faces were froze but i had them discord window minimized so oh, we're just okay. sitting there for an hour I, I was looking over it's like oh i must have uh i must have paused the stream but i guess not <laughs> yeah oops yeah it so i don't know if uh you end up getting the same things i do because you're not uh as into the mcu and you're not googling mcu chronological order every day because i'm watching it with dana so i get a mm-hmm. lot of like marvel related articles suggested on my phone and because they're doing what if uh Mm -hmm. there's a lot of stuff coming out with like different voice cast for the what if episodes compared to uh the live action episodes partially because like i imagine hiring all those people would be very expensive for an animated episode i think some are the same some aren't so like every day i get article like uh, the MCU has officially replaced Tom Holland as Spider-Man and oh hear what the newest Iron Man actor has to say about how he's replacing Robert Downey just like it's fucking exhausting. hell you yeah, grifters so like, I've noticed that so much like I, I just like Star Wars interest is really low right now so it's like what these whether they're YouTubers or like big publications are pulling out to like get views is just like disgraceful like, yeah, like the the lines are being stretched as far as they can go right now because interest is a little bit lower. Yeah, yeah. It, um, it's just every yeah. day there's a new one because like what if is going on, which actually brings us into 
the next question from Austin. Uh, they asked a few questions, but we kind of answered the first ones and like pitches for a potential season two. Or yeah, so how's the grease coagulating? Which okay, I like. well, we don't need to talk about that. So the final question from Austin there is, uh, I doubt you're following it, but this series is a really interesting point of comparison for Marvel's What If series. These shorts blow those episodes of the water when it comes to telling a complete story, even if some of them feel too brief. They also don't feel like they're necessarily seeking follow-up, except for maybe The Ninth Jedi, whereas a lot of Marvel's What If seems to be opening a door to their own universe. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't watched much of What If. I've watched one or two episodes. Like, I watched Captain Carter, which is What If uh, Peggy Took the Serum Instead. Uh, it's true that they're connecting to, or, like, they're seeming to open the door to, like, broader points for these stories. Part of that is just, like, the subject matter, Marvel being what it is. A lot of these are actually based on storylines that have happened or storylines that could happen because like marvel already internally has the idea of a multiverse so like Mm -hmm. i think one of them is one of the multiverses ultrons actually won and there's like a party in a different multi or a different universe with like all the avengers and uh thanos is there with nebula so like none of these people hate each other because of some event not happening Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas like there, which also means like they're not as proactive and then Ultron walks into the party at the end and no one seems to realize that this means they're all kind of screwed. But I think that's not just a lie. This just sounds format. exhausting. <laughs> well, it's kind of like the subtext yeah. for some of it, but like the yeah. episodes imply some of this stuff is going on, but it's mostly just like, uh, what if, uh, Black Panther was Star-Lord instead? So like there is more of that opening up, but it is just a, Morning. I feel like that's a part bit of, of a weakness of the MCU in a way. Whereas, like, they found like the need to like codify the multiverse into like lore sometimes. Where, well, like, that's, I like that's less MCU and more just Marvel. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I meant, I meant Marvel, not okay. MCU. Yeah. Um, whereas, like in Star Wars, it's like these aren't the multiverse. Like, despite what fans want, Legends isn't. They're gonna go into the world between worlds and call Ray and SJW. Right. I think that's what they're saying is gonna happen in the next show, right? Right. Whereas, like, I kind of like. Um, I mean, I'm not gonna lie. Like, if they bring, uh, what's his name? Um, uh, what's the guy that played Peter Parker in the Spider Man that I like? Or no, oh, uh, Toby. Toby Maguire, yeah. If, if they bring Toby Maguire into the, the new Spider-Man, I'm going to be fucking pumped. I'll go see that because I love those movies. But, like, I like that they can just make this and it's not, like, you know, big multiverse. Yeah. It's just a story. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, let me just check for any um, new reviews for Tapcalf. Um, also, I posted this on twitter last night but um it's kind of crazy but ricky from the trailer park boys is now older than ray was in episode one ray being his father Uh, that's that's not surprising it's not but it's like it's just like you know how um it's like oh obi-wan like now is older than obi-wan was it's like yeah I know this is how time works. I just I'm I don't like it being pointed out to me. Yeah, I the part I don't like about it is the fact that it does remind me that I'm going to die soon. Yeah. And like all the people that I thought of as like the big established stars forever when I was a kid that are like 
all these old guys are like, no, now actually the people that I thought were the young kid show stars are uh, are that old. So I, I will say it, it hit me this week when like Kelsey was talking about how oh Christmas isn't that far away, and I was like, Christmas isn't wasn't Christmas like last week? <laughs> I was like, wait, that was the year of my life. That's like one fiftieth of my life or one fortieth of my life that I've got left. Like I'm fucked. Yeah, it's it's fucking disgusting how fast shit yeah. goes. Yeah. So guys, we'll all be dead probably by the time this next episode is recorded. <laughs> um, Unrelated. I didn't. I didn't see any new reviews, but thanks to everyone who's left one in the past anyway. Um, just a reminder, guys, that if you missed last episode, we've done something new on the podcast. We've put together a spreadsheet of all of our rankings um, for the books we've done. This episode will not be included because we don't give kind of the the miscellaneous stuff of a ranking. But yeah. Hope you guys enjoyed nonetheless. Next week is we're finishing off Black Fleet Crisis and we'll go from there. So should I uh, list all the books that we haven't been able to track down our rankings of if anyone wants to email them in if they know them? Because yeah, I asked sure. on Discord, but I don't think uh, I don't think sure, yeah. we got anything from that. But shit. Tap calf ascendancy. I hate when Discord doesn't let me... Uh, search from do you mean to pull but, them up this okay here we go here we go okay so there are so we have the spreadsheet which has as many of the rankings as we were able to find there's a few episodes where i tried to skim through and find where we did the rankings but uh where we don't have them currently so if anyone happens to find the or happens to know through, yeah yeah if you happen to know our rankings for uh the darth bane books Chaos Rising and Greater Good, Children of the Jedi, Light of the Jedi and Rising Storm, Shatterpoint, and Before the Storm. Uh, if you know the letter grades for those or you know where we said them in the episodes, those are the ones that we were having trouble finding, yeah. and we'll fill out the rest of the table. If no one sends it in, I'm going to keep looking for it, but it might just take a little bit longer. Have you added some since I put it together? Uh, I added a couple... Okay, cool. But, uh, but yeah, those are the ones that I was looking for. And then I think we also episode three, but I think we both gave that an S. Right? Episode three? Yeah, I think yeah. we probably did. Yeah. I forgot, I forgot about that. Yeah. All right. So if you guys know any of those and can send them into tapcaftransmissions at gmail.com along with any questions you have for Tyrant's Test next week, we would be eternally grateful and, uh, and we'll add that to the spreadsheet. Mm-hmm. All right, everybody. I think that's it for me. Anything you want to end with, Corey? Or are we good? Uh, no, I, th I think we're still good. All right. So, guys, we will be doing our other podcast in 15 minutes over on X2. See you guys there. But uh, until next time, keep it cheesy. What the fuck? Keep it cheesy.